Hello everyone, welcome to Conversations in Coffee, episode number 59 with Craig Morta. We can't shake hands, Craig, unfortunately, unfortunately yeah. with, with COVID-19. But um, it's good that we can still make a podcast. Obviously, we're not in level five of the Minnesota. The restrictions aren't as, as tight. But um, firstly, shout out to BNC Coffee from the village. Absolutely. A new, a new uh, local business that's opened up and it's actually my first one to have out before I've seen a lot of people yeah it's a regular for me and it's your local now obviously because we're sitting right now in your men's bar shop which is weird saying that because it's actually yours you've always kind of um, worked in their shops and now you own your own it's yours um, in Crumlin Village so you're only up the road from that coffee which should for most people become an essential if you're getting your hair cut in Craig's shop always pop down and either either before or after grab a coffee out of this this local business BNC Coffee Co Um, Craig, this is just unbelievable because I asked you about a year and a half ago to come on this podcast and it just it just worked out really well because if you'd have come on, we wouldn't have had half the things to talk about. Absolutely. You were a much different person then. I was a much different person then. I'm obviously a lot um, wiser of how this podcast works and I have a lot more confidence in myself. So I feel the conversation would be a lot better. Uh, you have come along leaps and bounds with yourself, like as in whether it be with your lifestyle, whether it be with your skill set, your own shop, just even running a business, never mind being a part of a brand or a business. Um, but if we'd have done it a year ago, when we'd done Glamour Goldrick's episode, um, things would have been very different. We wouldn't have yeah. spoke about half the stuff. So yeah. firstly, congratulations. Appreciate that, um, thank on, you. On three things. Congratulations on your weight loss and, and how much you've transformed in yourself to be the better version of you. Uh, completing the Dublin City Marathon. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so congratulations on that, and then opening your own shop. Um, appreciate that, bro. Yeah, obviously, if you'd opened your own shop out of a pandemic, it would have been a bit like Fibsbury. It would have been a bit like the other men's poor shops. Would have been able to throw something, have a few people in, and you know, do an official opening. Yeah. That was that was robbed of you. It was unfortunately opening like when they during the pandemic just off the back of a pandemic you can't have the opening parties you can't have all your friends and families coming up to see the shop so as bad as it was having that there still was a lot of hype which thankfully around the area a lot of people that come here be well known i'd probably be well known myself around the area so we still had that drive whereas if this had been a brand new shop in a brand new area i just don't think it would have would have went as well you know mm. so thank god that we still had that Impact. Yeah, I think it showed one thing that community, and then it showed the power of social media. Like everyone shared it, so yeah, everyone was was backing it. But if you'd have like went over to the north side, and you mightn't have been known, yeah, in in uh, Dublin one we say or, or uh, Dublin seven, people probably wouldn't have backed it as much because they'd be like, 100%. "Who's this new guy on the block? We don't know this fella. We can't vouch for him." But over here, everyone just backed it all the way whether it was your friends or there was uh, people that won't even be coming to the shop just you know family and and people that wanted to support you but I want to go back to before all that because the conversation still very much is the same although you're a different person now a better person and you're in a better place uh, you know physically and, and with your well-being before all this before barbering you know in school and uh probably not knowing what you wanted to do and mm. what direction you wanted to go in probably at one point you probably wanted to go into a completely different field absolutely but that were like eight years on now or like probably even ten, ten years ten years, ten years you know, in December yeah, yeah. Eight, eight years I know you yeah, yeah. from getting your hair cut in your bedroom how did it go from even cutting in the bedroom so I suppose pre getting into cutting hair um, hair was always something that I was fascinated with you know what I mean always loved getting my hair cut always kind of kept up with current styles you know 
um, even before actually starting to cut hair officially on other people myself, I was always trimming my own hair, so it was always something I kind of had a flair for. Never really knew or understood that I wanted to do it. Um, just kind of fell into it by chance one day. My best mate, Dane Horley at the time, um, I can remember something as small as he had a, a clippers in his in his gym bag. We had just had to go into the gym one day. I can remember, it would have been about 10 years ago now, there was like a heavy, heavy snowfall. I think barbers had to close that day or maybe for a couple of days. And uh, we just said, right, we give it a crack, you know what I mean? So it was always something that we had done on each other anyway. He'd always trim my hair a little bit, you know, and he'd have spikes and all on top. I'd do the same for him. So it was just something that kind of fell naturally. So with that, I basically started on the off chance. I always kind of knew I'd get into it somehow, but it, that wasn't an official, right, I'm going to start cutting hair today and this is going to be my career. It was just like on the off chance, give him a trim, see how it goes. So from that then, I, just, I suppose we are 14, 15, we are looking to save money. Didn't want to be going to the barbers every two weeks as regular. So Dean kept coming back up. At the time, he was my only client. Didn't even cut my brother's hair or that at this stage. So this was like... There wasn't trust there, yeah. This was there, like yeah. the, the first man. <laughs> the, the trust was not there, you know what I mean? <laughs> so to be fair, Dean always had that trust in me because we had already trimmed each other a little bit here and there. Um, so from then on now, he was every two weeks, every two weeks. And Dean himself, being a popular bloke, he would have played for a football team. Mm. just kind of well-known around the area. You got lads from the football team, like you'd say, right, I'm going to come up to you this day. Can I bring this this fella? And after a while, it just kind of snowball effect, cut me brothers here. They were putting the words out to their mates. My own mates was coming up, local lads in the area. Where'd you get your haircut? Got it off Craig, blah, blah. And that's just kept, how it kept rolling. So after a while then, it was, it got to the case where I was like nearly running my own small business from my bedroom as such which sounds funny but that's mm-hmm. what it was mm-hmm. and people who know me from back then they they've witnessed that and they know mm-hmm. that that's what it was um so i got to the point where most young lads around the area that were my age 15 16 at the time i was pretty much trimming them all and then again snowball effect they told their family they told that dads some people bringing up kids who are one or two that forced haircuts you know what I mean? Grandas, everything. I didn't say no to anybody. That was my motto at the time. Whoever wants a haircut is getting a haircut. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's that's really where it originated from, I suppose. You know? I used to I used to come into the house and your mum had opened the door on yeah. Derry, wasn't it? On Derry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your old house. And I used to come in and your mum would be like, yeah, head upstairs. And I didn't understand the setup. I thought I'd be coming in into the kitchen or out yeah. the back to like a conservatory or something. But I'd go up to your bedroom and mm. you'd have a bunk bed and there'd be like two, three blokes sitting on the bunk bed already. Yeah, and yeah I had, like, had the little seat underneath the bunk bed. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean? I was deadly, like, and, and they'd be like, what's the story, how are you? And then there'd be people that I hadn't seen in months, yeah. and I'd like connect back with them and have a bit of laugh with them. And then you'd sit down, and, and to be honest with you, I've, had, I've got my hair go off you many a times, but there was no real, the attitude was the same. Yeah. I know it was your bedroom, and there was probably, you were a bit more relaxed and a bit more comfortable in your own setting, but you're still, you were still the same there as you were when, you might cut me hair in the merchant or you might cut me hair in in men's bar or yeah. main industry yeah like you still had the same attitude towards it and that was you get treated nicely when you come in uh, very professional but then at the end of the day regardless of all that you could be a complete horrible person and live with a nice haircut yeah you had both you yeah. had a really good attitude and you also left your house or the barbershop with a really good haircut really yeah. good quality and that's what made people come back because mm. it was a win-win for them they go in they have a nice nice atmosphere a nice buzz and then they live with a haircut that most people always ask who cut your hair yeah that's a fact yeah and that's why you grew yeah 
but cutting in the bedroom and then you met Glenn I met Glenn yeah so I met Glenn then I think it was 2013 so it was a couple of years later so what happened then kind of from the bedroom days um, an old mate of mine who got a, an apprenticeship in Grafton Barbers he kind of seemed to get in there before kind of I did I was always applying not never came back so it was Roy Eels he got in there he, he got an apprenticeship and it was again on the off chance at the at the start it was kind of like always at the off chance because, because it wasn't established yet it was just kind of you get to know someone they know someone and that's how you get in so Roy was working out in the Grafton Barbers in Black Rock um, and one day his boss just said that he needs another barber and I was cutting Roy's hair at the time he just said look we have a lad he's from Crumlin he's not overly experienced but he can give a good haircut so long story short Barry got on to me and I went out got, had a trial run in the Grafton Barbers and pretty much started the next week at the time I was thinking I'm not going to get the job I'm not qualified enough blah blah and next thing you know he's ringing me up look I want you in Saturday so bang that was my first job that was like three years later so I was I was well experienced in my eyes at the time but in in the industry like I was way way underqualified but look I, I threw myself into the deep end you know what I mean yeah I mean most people wing it don't they and, and if you don't get these opportunities like most people that have made it really successful it mightn't actually be their skill set it might yeah. be who they met just who they met exactly and it's I just I think a lot of the time it's just your attitude and how you apply yourself to that certain opportunity so from then I was I was working in the in the Grafton Barbers for a couple of months and one day just this fella came in he was a new lad the boss never actually said that was a new lad starting he came out to me he's like are you Craig I was like yeah I'm Craig and he said I'm Glenn so that was it sounds like that, Glenn yeah, yeah that was Glenn you know what I mean and from then man we just clicked straight away mm. he shared the same passion that I did I can recall Glenn only he was kind of a couple of years down the he was kind of only starting with like his brothers his mates so he was kind of very much fresh to it at the time as was I and from then on we just clicked man and just shared that that good passion both of us wanted to be just as good as each other mm. if not better than each other and that's how we got to where we are today mm. you know what i mean you was moved around to a good two three barbershops together yeah, man, i mean because we had that connection unfortunately glenn wasn't in grafton barbers for a long time he was there maybe four or five months so when he left we stayed in touch we kept meeting up all the time Thank i was God. cutting his hair every week he was cutting mine every week um he went to a new shop up kind of close to home but um, we always just kept in touch and we always just shared that passion. And at the time, we were only kids, man. We had maybe 18, we were on photo shoots. Glenn would get a call to do a photo shoot. He'd bring me up, I'd get a call to do a photo shoot, I'd bring him up. And we always just worked as a collective. This is way before, obviously, what we're doing now at Mensboy. This is years and years ago. So we always just had that, that team spirit, you know what I mean, for the two of us. But, like, you know, the way you were cutting in your bedroom and then you went to a shop here and there like the Grafton Barbers are a well-established uh, franchise like they're, yeah. they're all over the place many different owners and they're still very very popular and very yeah. well used but you guys benchmarked off England like you yeah. you looked up to like the Joshes and the Sams like yeah, Josh LaMonica and, and um, uh, Sam Palmer Palmer yeah so they were in England and they had started up Men's Bar in St. Albans yeah and these guys were clearly not just barbers. These were entrepreneurs, and yeah. these were into that hairdressing yeah. style. It was different to anything we've ever seen here in Ireland. You know what I mean? Bar barber shops and men's haircuts at the time were cheap, local, 
bog standard, not professional, just in, mm. get the haircut, shorter, not exactly styled, mm. you know what I mean? So seeing the two boys and what way they done it, it was just com- something completely foreign to us. Mm. So as soon as we seen that, we just catched on to it and we just said, we need to implement that here, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so, they were your gateway to do that. They were our gateway because o- up until then, it was just like, you didn't know where it was going to go. Like I always knew myself that I was going to be a, a little bit different to the barbershops like, that were around here, that where you'd go to get your haircuts. So I always strive for that. Nice to finish, but I didn't exactly know where it could go. I, me and Glenn at the time thought we were kind of, not, not even top of the, the chain in terms of where we were at the, at the time, but we always knew that we would progress further and further and mm-hmm. further eventually. But then when we seen Josh and Sam, what they were doing in the UK, we were like, right, that's it. That's what mm-hmm. we want, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's what we're going to get. And then just even seeing their, their level of haircuts, we weren't anywhere near them at the time, but at least we had something to guide ourselves off of, you know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah, that was that was that for that time being, you know what I mean? So Glenn moved over, and then you'd lost your kind of wingman as such. Like, you two were yeah. essentially one. When, when people usually mentioned Glenn, they mentioned you, because you exactly. two guys were the ones that got Josh over. Yeah, yeah. And people were paying, like, 30, 40 quid for one haircut off him. Yeah. Because... They'd never seen that and like it. Yeah. Like, oh, you had never seen that and like it. I mean, but then you guys slowly but surely started cutting like it. Yeah. And what you had been doing and grafting, like, look, just give me a, a one or two back and sides and a little bit off the top. Yeah. Like, like you said, a standard haircut, like, that was just killing your creative side because you can't try new styles or try new creative ways to doing hair. But when Josh had come over, that had kind of obviously broke that barrier to 100%. be like right we're experimenting here yeah. we're doing long hair styles yeah. we're doing layering we're doing even just blow drying a man's hair at the time true good point like, yeah yeah what's going on you know what i mean yeah you used to go down to a barber shop and you cut your back and sides for us cut the top quickly bit of gel and you're gone and so i can remember like even just seeing somebody blow drying a little quiff on a man's hair it was just like that's that's out there you know what i mean and look at us now you know yeah. what i mean so like we said at the time, that's it was roughly a little bit before that that me and Glenn were kind of working in different shops, and obviously he went he went elsewhere. I stayed in the graft, and then Glenn went to the shop, did the merchant barber shop in town, and that's when I followed too because I knew that we'd work well together in there. Mm. Again, our time in there was short lived, so we were like, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, Glenn Glenn ended up leaving, went to another shop. Men's hair co was it? No, Glenn went to the ink factory, and that's when I went to men's hair co. So oh yeah, yeah. Bringing it back to like the Grafton Barber days, the the guy who managed the Grafton Barbers back when me and Glenn had just started was na- his name was Jason Brophy. He owned men's hair co. He was like the former owner of what is men's hair co now. So, like hats off to Jason. Like he took me and Glenn in as two kids like even though he wasn't that much older than he probably had five or six years and i don't know exactly but he took us in as two teenagers it's what we were we were unprofessional but we had the passion you know what i mean so he took us under his wing we learned a lot from jason like in a way for me anyway he was like a mentor a, a, a mentor and an older brother in a sense he kind of taught me the ropes how you should kind of hold yourself in a barber shop how you should speak to customers and a lot of that was trial and error, you know what I mean? He'd sit there and watch me with clients and he'd say, look, computer, do this, don't do this, don't say that, don't speak about this. So we, he just kind of smartened me up a lot and I'm sure Glenn could say the same. Glenn's time with Jason was a, a little bit shorter, but with that, me and Jason had shared the same bond as what me and Glenn did mm. and Jason and Glenn did mm. as a collective. There was nearly three of us at that time. 
so me and Glenn kind of went for the city centre, kind of buzz where Jason stayed out in Blackrock, and then he went, he done a bit of travelling. So me and Glenn were then cutting in the Merchant Barbers, um, like I said, it short-lived, I was there like six months, so we had that bit of buzz together again, we kind of found that spark again, he left, I left, and then... You done my Deb's haircutting there? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, so again, it was getting back to a lot of the lads that were in Crumlin, and just touching into town a little bit more, getting to know lads in there, and even from the north side. So from then on out, Jason, who was managing us in Black Rock, he went traveling, came back and opened up men's hair going down dirty. So straight away he asked me, look, would you like to come and work? So I said, 100%. So at that time then, me and, Glenn, uh, me, yeah, me and Glenn were asked to go to the UK. Glenn went, he just had a bit more balls than I did. That was the purest way of putting it. I just, I think we are 18, 19 at the time, I just hadn't got it in me, you know what I mean? It wasn't really, confident enough to go traveling to go to something there whereas Glenn just always just turn himself straight into the deep end you know what I mean mm, give me the toughest challenge like 100% it doesn't really define him any different to you it just means yeah. though one of you needed to go one, man look if Glenn went to the merchant you followed suit yeah, exactly. you went to men's hair co he joined you there whatever it was no matter where he's went he's always aligned we always aligned and even if we weren't walking in the same spot at the time we, are, we were always in touch every single day like sharing pictures of each other's haircuts complimenting constructive criticism all that so at the time Glenn went like you said one of us needed to go at the time they are asking who was to go things could have been very differently then but it worked out how it worked out so I then went to Dunder I stayed on the ground Glenn went to the UK so I was kind of nearly flying the flag for me and Glenn here while Glenn was doing it across in the UK he was kind of he was prepared and himself to bring men's boy back here and then i was always gonna follow suit you know what i mean that was that was the plan at the time so like i said going back to my own story then i went to men's hair co and again jason kind of still skilled me then it was very very much so a mentor i was his first employee there he uh he taught me a lot then that's when it was his own shop so he had a lot more on the line so he needed somebody to come in that he could trust so he did put a lot more time into me, like cutting ability, just even again, how I held myself, professionalism. And there's a lot of stuff now that I would still use to this day that I have him to thank for, you know what I mean? So I, I stayed working there for three years while Glenn was gone to the UK. So Glenn went to the UK, then to Canada, and then the word got out that he was bringing it back to Dublin. So me and Glenn got in touch. And I didn't want it to be a thing where it was like, Roy Craig, you're gonna work for us 100%. I went for an interview. I'd done it exact same way that everybody else did. Went for an interview with Glenn and Josh. And uh, I just wanted the fairest chance that I didn't want to be just slot in just because I knew Glenn, that he owed it to me or anything like that. I wanted to go down the, the fairest way I possibly could. And thankfully it did work out when I got the job. Started a men's bar on Angel Street in October 2017. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was. It's a bit of a mad story. Not a lot of people do know that. That me and Glenn, like, I think people only think that me and Glenn actually got to know each other through men's bar. No, whereas, no. Like, obviously, you know a lot of local lads now, but there's a lot of young barbers on the scene that would maybe look up to me and Glenn that just think that we got to know each other through walking together at men's mm. bar. Whereas we know each other since we're kids. You know what I mean? And that it's a, it's a good platform to come on and kind of tell my story because Glenn would be a lot more out there in terms of he does a lot of showcase and he does a lot for the academy 
he's like he's nearly like a brand representative for menswear whereas i've always been just in the shops kind of show the wife and that sort of stuff i just love kind of being in the barbershop cutting mm. here all day long see i think that's the thing with glenn you, know you know see I mean? when anytime i talk to him he doesn't really cut as much anymore yeah and if you if you say it to him he's kind of like you know look i'm not really available as much as i used to be and I know when I look at him, there's a part of him that's itching that the passion yeah. isn't being fulfilled, but he's still getting to try new ventures and Absolutely. break into new boundaries. So it's Glenn is great. just going to fly the flag for Mensboy now at the minute. Unfortunately, he can't be in doing all of his no, regular clients. He can't do everything. Out, but there's no growth within the brand in Dublin. If it wasn't for Glenn, we would still be at one shop in Mensboy industry. You know what I mean? He was the one who opened the academies flew the flag for what, what are we, we at the four now are we this is the four shop yeah, yeah. Terenure so, Terenure Fibsbury Industry and then this Crumlin. was the, the final shop one had to come to Crumlin though because 100% there was so, when Fibsbury opened I remember bumping into so many people and they were like what's this story when's Craig getting a shop mm. you know yeah. everyone thought you were taking over Fibsbury yeah. and then we soon realised that you weren't because that wouldn't have been the right area it wouldn't you. have made like sense like we said yeah absolutely but you took a home to you look around, there's Ross Brown's Barbers, there's Old County Barbers, there's Frank's. I mean, I'm trying to think of the list, but like, there's some really, really good competition around yeah, there. Yeah, really good competition. Like, and I, yeah. I, can, I can't praise Ross enough. Like, Ross yeah. had cut my hair many a times and, and has. He is on another level as well. But to come into Crumlin is brave yeah, because absolutely. it's like there's still, at the moment, some good barbers out there, but not everybody is doing it like Menspire. Yeah. And... Not everybody understands Menspire either. Not, man, that's, that's you one know of the I mean? biggest things that I think people don't grasp from the inside of Menspire is that not everybody gets it just yet. Like, local lads don't get it. They just say it's another shop. They might think it's my shop. A lot of people don't know what Menspire is. They think maybe I created the brand Menspire, whereas obviously people will get to know that down the line. But people don't understand what Menspire is just yet, but that's that's kind of the wheels are finally turning for Menspire Ireland that people will get to know, you know what I mean? We mm. want to scale it to a size where it's a household name, mm. but we're still in the very, very early days. In Dublin, but like... In Dublin, absolutely. If you look at globally, the brand as a whole, it's, they it's, just opened it's Amsterdam. Yeah. They they just opened uh, one in, in uh, Abu Dhabi, I think, like, you yeah. know, and they have bigger plans there over in um, the eastern side of the world. Like, But there's so many... Uh, things that men's boy do that people don't get as well and I have to say like visually as a brand they're clean they're like you know crisp they're they're very professional and sometimes that's like ignored like it's it's just seen as you're going in to get a haircut you're paying x amount and you're gone yeah but like what I found with men's boy was when I first went to industry you booked your appointment and then on your way out then you got like some sort of a wipe mm. like to nearly clean yourself down yeah because everybody goes home and the top they had on them goes straight in the washing machine they throw themselves in the shower because they've all these hairs itching the in the neck, neck. Yeah, yeah you guys are given a wipe hot wipe small the little things yeah, like yeah. that yeah. hot wipes exactly like and i used to take that wipe and be like why have i never got one of these before i'd be wiping myself going down the road and i'd be grand fresh then and then i'd say to myself i've already on the way out booked an appointment for the next two or three weeks time yeah, yeah how efficient is that covid hits mm. And everybody is on the appointment system, whether mm. it's uh, fresher, whether it's booksy, all these different uh, people. Some barber shops around Dublin are making their own apps. Yeah, like that's all came about because of COVID, because it needs to be managed in a in a, a shop where, right, we can't have ten lads sitting on the on the couch waiting or sitting yeah. on chairs waiting to jump into the barber's chair, and um, we can't have um, 
you know, 30 clients in, in, in two hours. Yeah. So let's break them up into intervals of appointments. You guys were doing that from the beginning. Absolutely. So you've seen nearly the way to go about an efficient men's grooming salon. Yeah. Well before it had to be implemented. It had to be, exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was the original business model that as far as men's bar went off of was that the background for Josh and Sam would be from a salon background, women's hair. So they implemented the women's type of field to a salon with appointments, hair washes, products to the modern day kind of men's barbershop where you're kind of coming in, you're getting your hair cut and it's this and that, whatever. Everybody knows what it, it, as far as the concept of a barbershop would be. So they just wanted to bridge the gap really between, you know, a hair salon, barbershop. So just said, we'll run it efficiently with appointments. So it's 30 minute appointments. And I just think it sets people up for the client. They can come in, they know they're in and out within 30 minutes and it sets the barber up or the stylist up nicely that they know looking at their full day ahead of them that they know they've got 16, 17, 18, whatever amount of appointments it is for the day. So I just think f- for the brand and for the, f- for the people that come to the brand, it's just a lot more fluid, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's why there's, there's a academy. That's why there's yeah. an edu- education uh, side where like Patrick's heavily stepped into that now. Patrick Brown, Kieran's took over our industry. Yeah. Adam is just rising rapidly. Um, Coming to the ranks. You know, you've yeah. chose Dylan Stairs, like such a bubbly character when you yeah. walk into the shop in industry yeah, a few years back. Yeah. I didn't even know the guy. I felt like I'd met him before and I wanted to just yeah. have a laugh from him. And a young guy. Yeah. So you are essentially, without going into like putting an exact um, name on it, but you are the Jason yeah. for these guys. Yeah. Because Jason had paved the way for you to have yeah. opportunities. Absolutely. And if you and Glenn didn't follow suit, with Josh and Sam being a mentor, because that's what you are now. Yeah, you absolutely. are a senior stylist, but you're no longer a senior stylist yeah. now. You're you're a creator. Yeah, director. Uh, director. Mentor. Yeah, go. It, it, that that is the beauty of it, is that it does go full circle. So you yeah. start from the bottom, and you're working your way the whole way around, and then you but you at the time you have a mentor, you have people that you look up to, and then it kind of still goes full circle. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's why I think for you and Glenn, you guys need a bit of credit as well. And I have to say this because I I go mad if I went home and didn't say it, but like you have created a ladder hmm. like when you started in the grafton there was probably no ladder it was probably barber senior barber yeah. and owner yeah you know that like maybe you come in as a little apprentice and you're yeah. like sweeping the floors i've seen it with many people but people still have to come in and learn the daily chores and duties that are required in a barber shop but if i've seen it many times years ago people are coming in and they're literally just sweeping and on the way in, they're just looking after people and taking their money and looking at yeah. But they're not actually getting to cut. Yeah. Whereas you can see in men's board, there's, there's a level to it. Like you're going to learn that there is daily things that need to be done here. You know, we've got to like make sure all our products are up to date and stock. All of our equipment is clean and ready to use. The floors are sweeped. All of our stuff is laid out presentably. But also we're going to let you get a chop in here and there. You're going to cut so and so. But you created a ladder mm. where someone can come in like a Dylan Stairs or whatever, and Dylan can eventually open a shop. Yeah. Or, you know, Kieran can eventually manage a shop, or Adam can take over a whole yeah. area. So that's, like, what's so good about men's bar. And, and many other barbershops are doing that now yeah. around Dublin. They give credit, too. It's not just men's bar, but I think there was a bar set. Absolutely. From the UK to Glen going over. You stayed, but maybe you weren't needed there. Yeah. 
yeah. two of you weren't needed to. to I, yeah, I, looking back now in hindsight, I think it's better that just one person went. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you both had went and Glenn went to Canada, you could have come home, yeah. tried something, it mightn't have worked, it yeah. might have worked, yeah. and maybe Glenn and you wouldn't have touched it base again. Been very, very different. But thank God now, looking back, thank God it went the way it went. Yeah. Because I don't think either of us would be in the position now if it had went any different. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe it kind of would have spoiled one person's opportunity one person could have got homesick mm. and uh, it might have just ruined the whole spin on it because generally if you go and work for a company and, and you leave chances are you coming back you're yeah, not going to be all over it you know what yeah, I mean very slim um, so it just probably would have left a bad taste in people's mouth but thankfully it did go the way it has oh know? it definitely worked out I mean we're here now sitting in your own shop I didn't really think it would happen so quick you yeah. know what I mean it's not even a five year window since yeah. Angel opened yeah. but what I want to talk about next isn't barbering because I want to talk about yourself and yeah. and how like proud I am of how much you've changed for the better. You haven't changed at all in the person you are, but yeah. uh, aesthetically you've just like became this Craig that's like the one that you should be. Yeah, you know, absolutely. If maybe about two years ago, three years ago, even maybe just when Angel only opened, you might have let your your craft take over everything. Yeah, where like. I'm just guessing this from my from what I could see was probably cutting so many people's hairs from the minute you woke up till till like no bedtime literally you know what I mean? yeah that diet was probably the last thing on your mind Absolutely. health was the last thing on your mind yeah. exercise there was no room for that yeah. supplements no time for that but not really a lot has changed in terms of your schedule maybe it's not as clamped but you've worked in the schedule to make yeah. sure before I start there's a good healthy um you know nutritious breakfast there, yeah, yeah but i want you to kind of expand on how you've went from being 90 something kilos and the rest 113 right i didn't know that yeah, so 113 yeah, yeah. kilos yeah, right yeah. i didn't actually even know that yeah to whatever weight you are now which speaks for itself i mean you're clearly nearly half of that yeah so how does someone get sick of that and what was the driving point to say oh, i don't want to look like this anymore Maybe you could look like it, but be happy and healthy. Be happy, but I don't yeah. want to feel like this yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yet I still want to be the best version of myself. Yeah. What what ignited that spark? So it was something that I always had inside me that as time was going on, it kind of really happened when I first started officially working full time that, like you said, work was the number one priority. All I wanted to do as a young lad was become the best at what I'd done and i suppose just work hard and be recognized for what i was doing so that was like tunnel vision for that but off the back of that then you neglect things like your health your diet even relationships all that sort of stuff so as time was going on you know you're kind of what my schedule was back then is i'd wake up i'd go to work you're getting a quick 20 minutes on lunch you're going nearest thing not healthy food straight in back onto the floor, finish up and work. This was, was working at BlackRock at the time, 17 years of age. You'd be sitting on a bus maybe for an hour and a half getting home and straight into maybe five, six, seven, eight haircuts after work. And then you finish that, it's late at night, 11.30, take away, eat that, into bed. So that's years of that on top of it. Now, I clean things up in between, but it never really lasted. No consistency. You know I mean? No consistency. It was like you're going a little fad diet for two weeks and then you'd be back to square one before you know it so it was years and years of of that on top no real time for training and then just as time was going on it was just 
putting on more weight, more weight, more weight. And I think anybody who has put on weight in the past before that went from slim too big, you don't even notice it. It's only like after maybe a year, you're like, I don't look like how I did a year ago. And you have memories popping up and you're like, oh, I was way skinnier there. And then you get another year to that and another year to that. And next thing you know, you're just this completely different person. So I think it was a good three, four years of kind of just neglecting the body and neglecting the mind and just kind of all work, all work. And at the time, me work had just went from zero to 100. I became, I suppose, I can humbly say I came very, very good at me craft. Um, I was loving the client base that I built up and I was I was very, very happy with how I was work-related, but with everything else, I just kind of hit. And then one day, one day I just turned around and said, like, I'm, I'm not happy in everything else outside of work. If you took this away from me today, what have I got? You know what I mean? So. It was, a, it was a while of kind of contemplating with, really, how am I going to start this? What way am I going to go about it? How am I going to speak to about it? And it was just like, it just clicked. I think it was like December 2016. I was saying to myself, right, after this New Year, is this the last one? And like, there's no more New Year, New Me. It's, this, is the, this is the first and last one. Here's where it's going to change. And funnily enough, like, I actually... At the time, you had friends and family who would say it to you, but they'd never really put it across in a way that it, it really strike home. There was one person, funnily enough, who only ever said it to me that, like, he gave me, like, such a constructive way of putting it, you've put on weight, it's not you. Here, I suppose here's what you have to do to get back to yourself. And that person was actually Josh LaMonica. He said it in the men's board, like, uh, uh, applying for the men's board Dublin interview. He actually sat down, he's like, look, this isn't you. So from then on out, we'll scale back to it. That January is like, right, it's happening. So I just kind of found a couple of ways of, no, I'll ha have to scale it back again. That's when I sat down with Jason at the time. And I just knew that working five days a week and doing all these nixes at home, me time was just completely taken up. So I had to clear at least 50% of that schedule. So I sat down with Jason and we had a good chat and again, he was saying he had lost a lot of weight at the time. He kind of smartened me up and kind of said, look, if you're not happy with yourself, you're gonna have to make a change. So it wasn't just Josh, it was Jason on the other end as well. He was kind of like me boss on the ground, you know what I mean? And he was saying, look, you know, we had a, a conversation about mental health and he had done it before, like I said. He was like, if you're not happy, you're gonna have to make a change. And I wasn't happy in myself, you know what I mean? I was, I was happy with how work was going, but personally, I wasn't happy. So. We came to an arrangement that I was going to work three days a week. So I was going from working five, six days a week, doing all these long hours to scaling it right back. So I had all this free time. So I said, right, now's the time I've made action, I've, I've took action and I'm going to make it happen. You know what I mean? So I started training and started doing like jiu-jitsu. I was just kind of going out to do literally swims. You know, just trying to add new little habits into the lifestyle that were going to suppose make a big change you know what I mean because it is about those small changes that make the massive changes so from then on out I was trying to eat clean go to the gym and it was just like again a snowball effect it was going to the gym three days a week starting off small not not caring about the diet too much because in the past I went on these crazy fads be over strict on myself and it just fall apart so it was just like trying to scale it back trying to be smart about certain things then after a while, they're going to the gym four days a week, five days a week, adding more cardio, diet's getting cleaner, you're noticing changes in yourself, and as opposed to people then saying to you, look, geez, you've put on a bit of weight, people are saying, geez, you look great, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that in itself is like an instant, like little dopamine hit, you're just like, mm -hmm. Jesus. And then you, you feel like you kind of have a point to prove then to people that, 
I can look better in this or mm. I can do better I can train harder and even though it's for yourself you're doing it as well for your family your friends you know like I've got little brothers and friends who might mm. look up to me and you know I don't want to be this person and, and kind of lead as an example in that way I'm going to make the shift and go this mm. way with it you know what I mean so after a while then the kilos are dropping down so I went from 113 to like 105 and that was a big thing and then Getting below the 100 Getting was probably the, the main goal. And I remember yeah. literally on that day, I weighed myself and flew for Portobello and I texted me mate Dino at the time. He was like, he he was always the driving force again behind me. We're going to the gym half five in the morning before he started work. I wasn't even working. Say that day I wouldn't work, we're going to the gym half five. Come no need for you to be getting out of bed no at that need, time. No need, he was like, we're going, you know what I mean? So he was like nearly my little personal trainer at the time. He was showing me how, I didn't know how to lift weights, I didn't know how to run, I didn't know how to do this and that. But... Yeah, again, I texted him, look, man, I'm under 100 kilo. He was buzzing. He was nearly happier than I was about it, you know what I mean? So then on out, it's like, right, then to 90, then we're going to try to get to 80. And then this was now, this is over a year and a half, you know what I mean? The weight came off slow, but in my eyes, that's the best way for it to come off, you know what I mean? You, you definitely done it the most natural yeah, way possible. Yeah, there's not, it wasn't a thing where people are seeing me fucking 12 weeks later and the weight is just gone, you know what I mean? It was every couple of weeks people saying geez you look great and clothes are fitting different you're buying new clothes you're starting to feel a bit better than yourself so then i'd say i had started working for men's sport looking back i was still a little bit heavy but in myself I was like this is the slimmest i've been in years i felt good felt confident i felt a new lease of life you know what i mean speaking differently looking differently and then i met a guy in there uh koi he was the only personal training course at the time and he just said to me look if you're ever interested we could do a 12 week transformation thing so long story short started that it was like a yeah like a 12 week transformation and just smashed it you know what i mean goal was to lose maybe i don't know 10 kilo ended up losing like 14 kilo and in 12 weeks so then after that that's when it was like people were seeing me like say after three months and then i was like this completely new person you know mm. what i mean looked way slimmer like the weight had kind of completely shifted it no longer looked like i was a heavy bloke but it's just kind of at a normal weight then and then as time goes on you're just picking up new things try boxing for a while maybe a year or so and you know you're, you're meeting these people who are smart and you're up about your diet your nutrition your training like a lot of my clients thankfully um um i'm kind of miles ahead in that sense where you know they've got a lot of knowledge like mm. someone i can share out quickly is like joe shocknessy the mm. home fit coach, sure fit coach yeah, great, guy. Like, great guy man like i can nearly look at him mm. as, a, as if he's a mentor like every two weeks he's coming in man he's smart mm. me up about business lifestyle training and you had all these people in your chair literally getting life advice for free yeah because you are providing a service for them and the least they could do back was just say look craig do you ever try this do you ever try yeah, that yeah absolutely and thankfully like most of my client base is like that like nearly everybody that comes in and sits in the chair mm. i get some valuable information from mm. you know what i mean and look again it kind of just goes back to like inspiration is everywhere you just have to find it you know mm. what i mean so it's not just people kind of coming in and saying I'm, pi I'm picking a lot of people's brains a lot of times if i see people doing well in certain avenues you kind of know how to get information out of people and that's not saying it in a greedy sense yeah mm. you're enlightening them with information they're doing vice versa so yeah man after a while i went from 113 to i think now i'm about 71 kilo you know what i mean so it's a, it's a crazy it's way a big jump you know what i mean and it did take a while but thankfully it got to this point you know what i mean i look back at how i was then as a completely different person even though i'm the same attitude i found you were the same you know i'm the exact same like i'm not there's no e i'm not an ego type of fella you know what i mean i 
just very laid back. Mm. Um, but you see, on social media, you tend to promote the lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that then filters down to people that follow you that kind of, oh, I might give that a bash. Mm. Like whether it's going out for a sea swim or whether it's, you know, you put up in the morning, you know, pink Himalayan salt, yeah, bit of yeah. lemon, bit of lime, yeah. your water, your supplements, right? But then on the weekend, you're out with herself and you've got a big chunky brownie or a scoop awesome, of ice cream yeah. that's the a balance, balance. and the joe balance. is like that too yeah, joe man. is very joe much like he's that. got the eggs he's got the mushrooms he's got the peppers and he's got a bit of asparagus but then boom he's having you know the dirtiest burger and yeah. chips that's 100%. what life's about man it's a hundred percent because at the end of the day there's no happiness in being overly mm. strict on yourself if, if your calories are controlling you and you're weighing everything out and you know what i mean your food is literally like your boss where's the no happiness in it you mm. know what i mean you can't be too regimented whereas if you're just having a nice, like everything is balanced, work-life balance, your feel balance, you know what I mean? You can eat clean five, six days a week. Mm-hmm. Enjoy yourself. Same mm-hmm. way. Like, I wouldn't be somebody who drinks much whatsoever, but look, if there's people out there who might enjoy a little drink, don't be mm-hmm. harsh on yourself, you know what I mean? Everybody has their go-to. Everybody gets a kick out of something, you know? 100%. But um, I, I've watched you uh, from like a distance coming into the shop and like just one week coming in the next week coming in you're looking different you're looking uh, like amazing compared to maybe when i first come in and then your mindset's changing a little bit same guy same persona no ego but you're like a bit more yourself you're a bit 100%. more you know that, that that's one thing that i took away from it is that obviously i'm still myself but it the, it's just like a much stronger character you know what i mean way more stronger, confident yeah like not even stronger in terms of physique no like just, mindset you know what I mean mindset Bulletproof. Like a little bit more positive I'm a little bit more chatty a little bit more down to earth mm. so I still I feel have the same qualities mm. they're just like a little bit more I suppose emphasized mm. but I, I just I just don't think I would have ever expected to see it at 71 kilos yeah. but then when I'm thinking now of your lifestyle compared to what it was it was probably like you know a, a, some sort of a breakfast bar and something quick, right? Yeah, Get into the job, very quick, right? Yeah. Then a chicken filler all and a yeah, bottle absolutely. of Coke, pack of crisps, yeah. a bar, whatever. Whatever it was, takeaway in the evening. Not every day, but some days. Mm. Um, to now, like, Leon Johnson creating Crumlin Running Club and um, working closely with, like, the likes of Owl County and then you kind of fitting in there as well. The yeah. same way you were going to Crumlin Boxing Club with, like, a few of the lads out men's bar. Um, you are trying different things, but the running seems to be you. I think yeah. that, like... The best way of describing this because I've done a bit of boxing myself, you know, with a boxer like Michael McGrain and a few of them lads. You tried the boxing, but you didn't actually um, have a fight, like yeah. as such. You didn't go yeah. and try be an amateur boxer, yeah. but you tried the running, yeah. and you completed marathons. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like that, the boxing definitely was was good for you, but it wasn't like you didn't want to go the full way. Right? Yeah. Now, but like at the time, the training was amazing. You know what I mean? I was training them. They were Colby, Glenn like it was very good but I didn't get that what I get out of running you know what yeah I mean? that's like, why I wanted to find out yeah, off you. what like, does the running do for you it's just a place where I can go especially on the long runs man a lot of people love listening to music on the long runs I just get out and get into my own head you know what I mean and at the same time get out of my own head so yeah kind of you might wake up a little bit stressful morning something might be on your mind you just go for a run nice 10k you're gone for an hour just go nice and slow it's nearly like a meditation you know what mm. I mean so you're having all this kind of brain fog that's inside it and you're just clearing yourself out mm. and then you're coming back obviously it has its massive benefits in terms of you know cardiovascular fitness and losing weight and just feeling fresh but that's probably one of the best things and during the last lockdown i look at that it was a great time that was when i really 
kind of honed in on the running was that I was running six days a week distance didn't really matter for me it was just something that I just needed to get out and do and just kind of clear the mind a little bit mm. you know because I've seen like you, you were starting off like with three four five k's and you're putting yeah. them up and then I started looking and they were like above 10 yeah and then I'm looking at like some of the lads like around Crumlin like great chaps that are doing mini marathons and mm. full marathons and mm. like I just didn't think you would have been able to do that yeah because of where you are and maybe not even been able to do 5k but now we're doing 100%. a marathon yeah like you've just kind of clearly paved the way and showed people that right I was x way and I was this guy and mm. um, and now I'm able to do this. Yeah. So like it's like David Goggins. Like it's it's yeah. no different to a guy that was probably in the lowest of low and in the worst position he ever was to like creating his own world through his mindset and and using running and exercise and fitness as like a avenue to well being. You're just creating the person you want to be, really. Yeah. You know? Creating your own environment. It's like it's not a lot of people. Like I look at exercise as having that time to spend on yourself. You mm. know what I mean. People nowadays don't have a lot of time in the day, so having that hour, hour and a half, two hours, however long it may be, it's that time that you're getting to spend with yourself, just your own thinking mm. time, who you want to be, what your goals are. So I suppose, like you said, it, it goes from like back then being one person with all these kind of different habits and all that to, to now, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. The way I look at it is I'd, I'd always love to kind of, you know, not pave the way as such as like have people to be like me, but just kind of set, set an example of, what you can be to what you kind of can go on to be you know mm -hmm, what I mean mm -hmm. so for me it was always I always knew kind of that I wanted to open a shop and blah -de blah but back then when you're kind of just that little bit overweight and less confidence you know you don't really you don't feel like you have the confidence to go and execute that so one thing I, I suppose that for anybody that is watching that might be overweight or unfit or unhealthy is that it, you're not just getting the physical aspect out of exercise you know you're getting supposed the mental strength from it as well as that you, you become more confident just obviously in your body but that does spill out into a lot more of the external things you know mm. your daily conversations with people like me and you now four years ago could never sit here and mm. kind of yap about how we are that's why i'm so glad that, that we didn't i know the podcast didn't exist back then but i'm mm. kind of glad it didn't even happen a year yeah, and a half ago 100 percent. because I, I just feel like now we've obviously got a lot more to speak about in terms of the shop and kind of what we're trying to do for Crumlin in the area having this shop here creating mm. opportunities but like if I had been maybe a year and a half ago I was just an employee of Men's Bar I worked in Angel Street now that's not to say I loved it at the time and I, I gladly would have come on then but I just feel as if now is the right time you know what I mean and to kind of come on and speak about like I said creating opportunities in the area the reason why I wanted to get on today is obviously for people to see the shop uh, get to know me a little bit more for people who don't actually know me and then just to kind of realize what we're trying to do here we're trying to create opportunity obviously for local lads um obviously expanding we want to be bringing young lads in from the area we want to be showing interest for young lads to come on and work for us hopefully potentially one day or even get work experience here so something that i really want to give back is that opportunity and it's something that i want to really kind of push going forward you know mm -hmm. When you think of like with COVID and you opened a shop at the worst possible time mm. in some people's eyes, but then yeah. other people could say the best possible time, Absolutely. you know, there's, there's an argument they had there, but you opened definitely not at worst or best, but at the most difficult time, Yeah, you've been in and out of lockdowns. You've, you know, been restricted to what you can do. You've, you've had to wear PPE. You've had to limit your clients coming in. Your appointments were probably 
you know, 15 a day, probably drop down to X number, whatever it is. Mm. But you've still got through it. So it's something that you'll always look back at. Like you look back at and say, right, I worked in such a barber shop and this didn't work out. And then me and Glenn done this and we done that. And, you know, if it opened Crumlin, when Fibsborough opened or when Ainger opened, it mightn't have been as good as it was. Yeah. But you can always look back now and be like, I got through COVID. Yeah. And stayed open stayed and open. successful. I mean, I could probably open a second shop or I could yeah. probably branch out and 100%. create my own. Uh, you know, you've got Crumlin. But like who's to say Drimner or Inchy yeah. Core or you know Bally Firm yeah. or Bluebell, you are within Dublin twelve. Yeah, um, you can branch into Dublin eight. You can branch into Northside. Menspire is now that big of a brand that if you open one up the north or you open one down the south of Ireland, people know what it is at this rate It'll because it has that impact. It has yeah. that impact. Yeah. Um, but you know where you are now. I'm just so glad it happened that we sat right now and had yeah. this conversation because I know you a, a, a good few years I mean I don't even know how I know you I don't yeah, even know I, I couldn't recall to be honest I don't know how I know you I think if I can remember correctly you see with Glenn I played football with Glenn when we were like 8, 9, 10 years of age and then we happened to end up in the same school Yeah. Um, he was a year older than me but we always still got along really well had a lot of time for Glenn I went to his bedroom he would have cut my hair he went off working in a shop but you we didn't actually have mutual friends yeah, at the no, time. Yeah, like that. And yeah. a lot of your friends now, I'd get along really well yeah. with, and I still don't know how I met them either. Yeah. But if I remember correctly, you were cutting hair. Mm. I seen you were cutting hair. No one came to me and said, you should get over to Craig. I just felt myself, yeah. I'm gonna, and I walked into your bedroom at one point, and I can't remember exactly how it went down, but I knew two or three of the lads on, on the, the bunk bed yeah. sitting waiting. Yeah. And you kind of had seen that, and then that was nearly us kind of going, right, he knows X, Y, and Z we're gonna get on yeah and yeah. we just did yeah. but I just didn't think from your bedroom that like we'd be sitting here now like when you kind of visualise that like sitting on the bunk bed on that yap and having Only a bit kids. of a buzz Only kids, kids like I can't yeah. shake a hand and I wish I could but I oh, know unfortunately yeah. I give a little well, cheers I think, uh, thanks very much I think the timing was perfect absolutely and everybody that um, is brand new to, to this podcast you've just started listening now or anybody that uh, isn't familiar with Craig all of his socials will be below. Uh, Mensport Ireland social will be below. And I'll pin the address from Google Maps if you're looking to get oh, to so. here. Make sure you pop in. Um, you'll see Craig. You've got a, a little bit more knowledge about him now. But when you meet him, you'll definitely uh, see for yourself that he's a, he's a top genuine bloke. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I uh, hope you all stay safe and um, look after yourselves and your families. Thank you. Oh, good, bro. An hour left, Is it an hour left? Yeah. Coffee and a little bit of conversation.